selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Hello everybody and welcome back to the WTF1 That Time When podcast series. I'm Matt and I'm joined by two of uh, the long-standing WTF1 citizens being Tom Bellingham and Dan Thorne. Hello guys. Hello. How are we both? Good, thanks. Ready to talk about Formula One? We. Oui. Yeah. Oh, French theme. Like it. Today, we're going to be talking about the time that Prost GP ran underweight to attract sponsors. So that's uh, pre-season testing in 2001, where we will be diving into Prost GP running underweight to set some incredibly fast lap times. But before we go into the exact reasons why, Tommy, I'm going to throw it over to you to give me some insights and background into Prost GP. How's that sound? Sounds great. Oh, groovy. Let's go straight into it. Good job. I, I know about it. Um, I hope so. Well, yeah. So do I. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd not thrown it to you. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 1996, I guess, would be a good place to start. So, uh, Ligier, um, I think it's fair to say, were very much a midfield team at the time, despite winning Monaco that year. Yeah. Um, they did have a lot of success, though, in the 70s, was it? Uh, late 70s, late, early, early 80s. 80s Jacques Lafitte. And they won races? I yeah, assume. won races. Yeah, they were uh, really good. Kind of challenged for championships as well. You know, they were one of the top teams for a bit. Yeah, but they very much became midfield team, uh, sort of, what would you say compared to nowadays, like a Force India, something like that? that yeah, kind yeah. Kind of, like, yeah. might sneak the odd result the in. The odd podium here and there. Yeah. But, um, but in 1997, they got bought out by Prost, as in Alan Prost, who would have thought? If you didn't know. If you didn't know, I assume it wouldn't, it wasn't Nicholas Prost. Um, <laughs> that would have been incredible, because he, he would have been, been like, like 10 or something, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they bought, uh, uh, Alan Prost bought that team, that French team, and um, they did pretty well in their first year, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, 97 was kind of a bit of a year change, the cars were slightly different to the year before. But the big change was instead of being a single tyre supplier with Goodyear, Bridgestone came in. But because they were a new tyre supplier, all the teams that went with Bridgestone were sort of midfield teams. But it turned out that the tyres were actually really good under certain conditions. And Prost, being one of the teams with Bridgestone tyres, turned out to be very competitive at certain races. And Olivier Panis actually challenged for wins and was 
considered a bit of an outside championship contender. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. That was pretty crazy. I, I look back and actually at the results and um, after six rounds, Panis was third in the championship, which again, trying to put this into perspective is kind of the equivalent of Perez maybe being third in the title behind or, or Hamilton. Or even Alonso in, in the McLaren that he had. Yeah. Um, was it la- last year, right? He was fourth. Yeah, after Baku, was yeah, he? Yeah, he was ridiculous. Kept getting seventh. So it was, it was a big, big shock to the system, 97. Um, but it, it went all downhill uh, going into the next year, right? Yeah, so ni- 97, they were still very much Ligier. They ran under li- the Ligier chassis name. And yeah. it, they, he very much just bought the team at the start of the year and just ran it. Um, but the first Prost, which I assume was the AP01. Yep. Nice. Sh- yep. Good work. Didn't even have that in my notes. I mean, it could be wrong, but we, we all trust that Dan Thorne knows <laughs> it's, everything. It's not wrong. So. <laughs> um, and they scored one point in 1998. Not a great year. No, no. Um, yeah, I mean, for 97, they, as you said, just bought Ligier, so they had moving Honda engines. But for 98, uh, Prost did this deal with Peugeot, where it was supposed to become like a manufacturer team. Peugeot would provide the engines um, and provide development. But in the end, Peugeot changed the contract right at the eve of the season. And it was basically just Prost bought the engines from Peugeot and that was it. So they just had Peugeot engines. So that that was the thing that kind of screwed them over right at the last minute with them, would you say? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Because obviously if you're a manufacturer-backed team, you have loads of benefits. But they were just buying the engines from Peugeot. They just happened to be the only team that bought the engines from Peugeot. They They were expected to do well, though. I think they were really pushing to be successful. They weren't just making up the numbers. Um. They even had their own video game from... Uh, I can't say I ever played it. No. Did, they, no, did, did any 90, of us play it? Did you play it? No, no. no. The 1998 Prost Grand Prix game for the um, for the PC. I I watched a walkthrough. Well, a walkthrough. A walk just, someone, just someone playing it on, a, on an old uh, PC. Uh, and if anyone remembers, uh, like the early days i don't know if it's the case now but the early days of pro evo where everyone had fake names yeah um because they're not licensed yeah so it was based on the 1996 season but everyone had a fake name so instead of hakkinen and coulthard at mclaren it was arkinian and goldhart at (laughs) mckinen and you had rubens marikello and (laughs) (laughs) gerhardt merger michael von blacker for (laughs) ginelli So yeah, it was uh, a great game. Ginelli was Ferrari. Yeah, great game. Oh my goodness me! But yeah, I guess I guess moving on swiftly towards the actual bit that we're going to be talking about. So yeah, ninety nine. They had a better year. um, Snuck a podium, finished seventh in the title. But then two thousand and one was where the team really went bad 2001 or 2000 sorry 2000, 2000. Jeez, sorry, we're, we're 2000. Skipping a year here tommy Let's, sorry uh, sorry 2000 far too ahead of ourselves yeah so 2000 was a, a year where they finished with zero points finished last behind even minardi which uh, is is some achievement right yeah yeah i mean it was that classic thing it was the end of the three-year deal with peugeot and prost hadn't progressed up the grid prost blamed peugeot for not providing good enough engines peugeot blamed prost for not making a good enough car um, the truth probably a bit of both. Um, Reminds I mean, me of Williams that they had the whole thing with BMW, didn't they, where they were both doing it? Yeah, and yeah. They were blaming each other um, as well. I mean, Prost apparently had fifty-seven engine failures alone in two thousand, which <laughs> is ridiculous. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it would have been a lot of grid penalties if they were a thing back then. <laughs> but. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got. I wrote down here, even though DNFs were a lot more common those days, that Alessi finished five times in the whole season and Heidfeld finished six times in the whole season, That's... which is pretty poor reliability. And yeah, they finished behind Minardi just because Minardi got a better result. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even when the car was running reliably, the drives didn't help matters because Alessi and Heidfeld hit each other on quite a few occasions. Just right, scrapping so... for like 20th place. So it was just a disaster. Everything was going wrong. Um, and with that, uh, they lost a lot of sponsors, didn't they? Which was uh, the sort of beginning of the end for, for ProsGP. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they went from this well-funded team with proper title sponsors. I mean, the car was covered in sponsors. Like, compared to today, it just looks ridiculous, even for a midfield team. Yeah, go um, on Google Images and check out a picture of the 2000 Prost car. And, yeah, sponsored by uh, Yahoo, PlayStation, Bic, um, Gate. How, what's that cigarette company called? Oh, I can oh, never I, say I don't it. Know how to, it's like Gouloise. Gouloise. It's, it's, it, it looks like Gouloise. Do, do you want to try and say it? Okay, because uh, I'm really good at pronunciation. Um, Gouloise. It's probably something like, <laughs> probably like <laughs> Gouloise. 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 It's just a noise. Anyway, it's, just it's noise. spelled so G-A-U-L-O-I-S-E-S. Yeah. But they lost that as well. And if you look at a picture from 2001, which we're going to be talking about now, they will. it was pretty much a bare car. A bit of a Braun GP style, just nothing on it. 2001, yeah, was was seen as a very much a, a fresh start, wasn't it, for for the team uh, with engines from Ferrari rebadged as Acer, and th- we'll dive now into Estoril preseason testing. Uh, unless you had any information, Dan, it looks like you're you're about to fulfil me with some knowledge. <laughs> well, they weren't they weren't called Acer straight away. That's the thing. They oh. were just they were just uh, Prost Ferrari to start with. Okay, uh, going into testing. Um, but yeah, um, Estoril and Barcelona were sort of like the two main pre-season test venues. And at both of them, Prost set some really good lap times. So Alessi went a second quicker than anyone else in the Estoril test. And there was yep. actually some genuine hype about Prost expecting to be able to score podiums with this. But uh, things yeah. weren't as uh, it seemed. Well, yeah, I, w- I was actually uh, looking into it a bit more. And obviously, uh, as of time of recording this we um have just seen Renault and Toro Rosso I believe were fastest in testing and you know while they might have very good seasons no one's saying you know Alexander Albon's going to be on the podium in <laughs> Melbourne like everyone's a bit you know realistic but um after this pre-season test I found an article from uh, Adam Cooper who's a well-known F1 journalist Uh, which was originally published in 2001 and it's basically along the lines of uh, a miracle appears to have taken place in the last few months in Paris after finishing last season in a dire state Prost Grand Prix is heading towards Melbourne with unbounded optimism Uh, Jean Alesi is expecting podium finishes so so they they genuinely they genuinely thought that was going to be you know, it was going to be a really good year. It wasn't the case of them. I don't. I don't know. In testing, did the drivers know that that was what well, they were doing? Well, that's the thing. Um, you'd think that the drivers would be in on it, but um, skipping ahead a little bit, but it's a little bit relevant. Later in that season, Alacy left the team. Uh, apparently, he fell out with Prost because I couldn't find any other verification of this apart from a comment on the internet, which we all know how reliable they are. <laughs> oh yeah. But um, apparently one of the reasons why he left was because he wasn't in on the fact that Prost were running the cars underweight in testing. And he genuinely thought the car was a contender 
and like one of the best cars of his career and it just turned wow. out not to be so it's almost like they were trying to not only get sponsors but they were trying to get the belief of the drivers as well and just pick get a bit of team morale i guess yeah yeah but yeah. If, how did they think that was going to work because obviously then you go to australia or the first race of the season and the, I mean, the cars have to be because they were quickest they had um so they just signed the deal with ferrari and they had the ferrari gearbox it was a gearbox I engine the and end, the whole rear end of the ferrari and obviously ferrari were great at that time so you know getting one of the, the championship winning back of your car that's a big mm. deal so they so people were like okay this like proston is essentially half a ferrari and now they're going really quick maybe this is where things go good yeah yeah i mean the idea of going quick in testing is to get sponsors and going back to the ace thing it kind of worked because after testing acer which was they used to make like laptops and things i don't yep, think they still I do now have an acer laptop you i did as well yeah yeah um they basically became title sponsors and then the engines became branded as acer so it, from a, a bit like tag with red bull yeah, yeah 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 so from a sponsorship perspective that worked in a way okay because uh, i've got in my notes, they didn't really get any sponsors, or it was it outside of that deal? There outside really of that much. deal, there might have been some minor ones. But, the car's um, still very bare compared to oh, the yeah, 2000 yeah. car. Yeah. yeah, you see the pictures from testing, and the car is literally just blue with Pros Grand Prix on the side, and then in the first race, it's blue with Acer on the side. So, with all this hype uh, going into you know coming out of testing and podiums, etc., the car was terrible, as uh, you would expect from the fact that they ran underweight and had an illegal car. Uh, they only scored four points all year, um, and then you mentioned that Alessi left the team, yeah. um, and the team actually folded in the winter of two thousand and one. Uh, Dan, you look like you're about to give me some more. Well, that's the thing. The knowledge. car wasn't that bad. It was, you know, it wasn't a second lap faster than anyone. And when they rocked up to the first race in Australia, Alessi was three seconds off of pole. <laughs> but compared to, apart from that first year when the car was basically Ligier, it was probably their best year. I mean, the car was reliable. It was consistent. Alessi was in the top 10 more often than not but the problem was that because they'd run out of money Alessi was basically the only driver who was like competitive and he was at the end of his career they had to start off the year with Gaston Mazzucani who was a pay driver basically right but even though he brought money to the team he was fired after four races because he just wasn't performing and then they had Luciano Berti was the, replaced him he was okay but then he got badly injured in a crash at Spa um and then that thomas was... enger thomas enger yeah yeah so uh thomas enger's quite an interesting fellow um, why is that tommy he uh he has been banned because he uh enjoys a bit of 420 blaze um <laughs> yeah that's, that's one way to put um, it yeah uh he has been done he got done for cannabis um he was actually so he he raced for Prost in 2001 and he was banned he uh he was investigated in 2002 this was when he was in formula 3000 yeah and he actually got stripped of his title for failing a drugs test that's correct right yeah yeah, yeah. or he was disqualified from the last race which then cost him the title right i actually found a great article from uh from bbc in 2002 uh christian horner was his manager uh, sorry the team manager at the time uh, and in this article he's saying um you know like thomas is uh, like absolutely gutted about this we believe this is a mistake uh, but my favorite quote is from uh thomas enger's agent who is quoted which sounds like a kind of 
uh, excuse you'd give your parents if they caught you smoking, which was uh, yeah. Thomas could have breathed it in at a disco. <laughs> 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 wow yeah i mean of all the excuses that's the one they went with yeah that i i chuckled a lot when i read that so <laughs> that's, I, had, that's I, had to, I had to mention that oh wow well any more any more from me um, in terms of prostgp 2001 well of a lacy effectively just seat swap with jordan and frensen was the fifth driver who raced for the team um and he qualified fourth at spa which was like wow this is incredible maybe you know, Frenson was well known at that time for being great in midfield cars. Mm. And it's like, oh, maybe he can pull off some results. But then he stalled at the start and had to start from the back. So all ah. of that effort just went to nothing. Yeah, they only got four points, didn't they, that year? Um, and then yeah. it was game over. I assume they just folded. They folded at the end of 2001, right? And um, Yeah, basically. Stuck? Well, um, at the end of 2000, Pedro Diniz uh, bought a share the of the legend. team. The legend that is Pedro Diniz bought a share of the team. And at the end of 2001, he offered to buy out the team as whole, and it almost became Dinner's Grand Prix. Wow. I did not know that. that no. w- which would have been, you know, that's an, going from Alain Prost owning a team to Pedro Dinner's owning a team, that's like the next level. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously. But apparently, he and apparently Dinner's, most of his share was controlled by his father, and Prost didn't get on with his father, so that fell through. Oh. Um, there were numerous other deals that fell through. Uh, one by Phoenix Finance, uh, who have tried to enter off on a few times, actually. Um, that didn't go through. Prost applied for entry into the 2002 season, and it was rejected. And then it just folded from there, basically. Oh, a sad end. It was a sad end. And, and and even more sort of heartbreaking is Alan Prost is always quoted as saying it's the biggest regret of his career starting a, a yeah, team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... What, you, why? Because it just went so wrong. Oh. Um, you, and also he's a great of F1 you think he started the team in 97 that was only four years after he retired that would be like if Nico Rosberg started a team next year sort of thing it's like he's still fresh in the memories of F1 fans yeah and, he and then started... just has this terrible team that does really badly yeah it would sort of dampen your like, yeah. reputation even though it's nothing to do with you as a driver it's just a bit yeah. of a rubbish yeah. way to I mean it end. could have been even even bigger because uh, I read quotes from Prost where he said that he was thinking of starting a team after like immediately after he retired in 1994 and he was speaking with Senna about it and he they sort of said oh let's start a team I'll start a team you come and drive for me sort of thing so Senna driving a Prost could have been a thing wow that would have been uh, crazy that's one for the speculation Mm. Um, have we exhausted both of your uh, brains boys on that have we uh, yeah have we done that all our facts are dried up that's all that's that's, it's a pretty interesting topic really to be honest you know you don't really think about teams doing that so much these days but then you've got Toros and Renault going to the top of the timesheets who knows you know I mean for Prost it was a Hail Mary just you know we've got nothing to lose let's just go crazy and testing and it kind of worked for a year but you can only do that so many times before people cotton on and then and that's the thing it it will secure sponsorship for that short time but then you know when it's kind of seen as that they'll play these kind of tricks you know that's when sponsors you know when it comes out that's when sponsors will be like I'm not touching that with a barge pole yeah you know so Um, that's I guess one of the reasons why they didn't survive yeah I mean another reason as well is just because that was the time when costs were escalating I mean everyone just dismissed Prost as oh you know that's just a failure of a team that's happened all the time but then in the next few years, you had Minardi disappear, Arrows disappear, Jordan got sold to another Don't team. Don't say Arrows disappeared too loud because uh, yeah. 
Tell me I'll start I'm crying. Uh, yeah, I will too. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we start qu- uh, crying, crying, we should uh, probably wrap this one up. Uh, that time when Posh GP went underweight and smashed some lap times. Thank you so much, guys, for, for taking part. A bit weird for us to do audio only, isn't it? A bit weird to not have cameras in our face. Well, not for you, Dan, because you've... No, no, I don't just remember. But, I'm just a... yeah. I, think the weird, I think the weirdest thing after the first one was normally we're used to putting stuff out on YouTube and we get an instant sort of, this is hilarious or this is terrible. Yeah. So... Please do send us a message and let us know if you like it, if you can think of any more topics that you'd like being covered. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. definitely come in with, with topics and things that you'd like us to talk about. Um, it's a new format. It's something that we'd like to keep, you know, concise, quick. And I think we've talked for a little while, but, uh, you know, we've been, we've enjoyed ourselves. Uh, but so, yeah, leave us uh, a message. Use the hashtag WTF1 podcast on Twitter. Leave us a review uh, and rating on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're going. And if not, please go on there because... Uh, we want to get up to number one, beat you know, beat all the podcasts in the yep. world, uh, and that's it. Thank you so much uh, to Tommy and to Dan, and Thank you. Uh, we'll welcome. see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we did that exactly the same last time. We do it. We do it in the uh, video podcast as well. You go. See you next time. Bye. And then it's just the English thing that you just go. Bye. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.